Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Make sure to check it out and let them know the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, March 25th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, that's at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and subscribe to the podcast. Feel free to leave me a review if you want. It's all free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That's at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with the Blackhawks just finishing up their two-game series at home with a pair of victories against the Florida Panthers, I thought it would be a good time to have a good old chat with my good buddy Armando Velez from Lockdown Panthers. Armando, I know it's kind of a tough one for the Panthers tonight. Probably deserved a little bit better than the outcome they received. No points in this series, too, but a tough little... Schneid here for Florida. I believe their first three-game losing skid of the season. What are uh, what's the feeling around Florida right now? Fan base is a little worried, but thankfully they patched up such a great start that even if and this is something I preach that even if they were to go on a little bit of a losing skid, that it's not it's not the end of the world. It's not the the sky is not falling for this team but there is a little bit of a sense of urgency definitely going into the next series against Dallas which is a back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday yeah the Blackhawks have a back-to-back this weekend against Nashville as well um you spoke about how uh there's a little bit of that cushion there for the Panthers I mean 44 points are still seven ahead of the Blackhawks who are in the spot below them in the Discover NHL Central Division standings. I think it's important thing for Panthers fans to not try and compare themselves to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I know it's so hard not to, especially being in the same state, same division, playing them a ton of times this year. But Tampa Bay's 24-6-2. Like, that's almost unmatchable. And when you start having expectations that high, you're going to find yourself disappointed when you really shouldn't be. I mean, look at what Florida's been able to do, 29-4. and four. If I told you that, Armando, when we had our first crossover at the beginning of the year, you would be absolutely thrilled. So Be doing though, cartwheels. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> even though it's been a little bit of a tough stretch here, and I know the Panthers, they fall into third in the division, six points back now of the Lightning and three back of uh, the Hurricanes, I think it's still important that this is for everyone to stay even-keeled and. Uh, realize that this is still a fantastic start and these kind of hiccups are just going to happen through the grind of a season make it eight now because in the final few minutes of in the last five minutes the tampa bay lightning scored two unanswered against the dallas stars to win four to three so now it's eight and carolina beat 
Columbus in right. overtime today. Yeah, yeah, I saw the Natchez OT winner. So now I'm going to say this for Panther fans, prepare for Cats Canes first round. Start preparing that now with six weeks left in the season. So I think that's really what it's really shaping up to be shaping up to be for the Stanley Cup playoffs. And what an incredible first round series that would be. I mean, that's kind of the tough part about uh, these playoffs staying inner division, you know, and this division in particular being very good uh, top heavy, I would say that that first round matchup, it, it might be the toughest until, you know, the finals or conference finals for uh, those two and three seeded teams. But I think at the same time, to be the best, you got to beat the best, you know, so you got to have that that mentality throughout the entire uh, postseason, even though, you know, it's a bit of a disadvantage, how it's shaping up to be for Florida. Uh, how have you guys fared against Carolina this season? I haven't seen too many of those games, I don't believe. They're one, 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 two, and one. And the only win that they got against Carolina, it was an OT win where Carolina got a point in that one. So I believe the point differential in this one is seven points to four in favor of Carolina. So, right, there's four more games left against the the Canes, and there's four more against the Tampa Bay Lightning as well. So the the real big struggle this season of most has been really Carolina. So, yeah, those are going to be, sounds like some big meetings down the stretch for those teams to kind of, uh, if they do, wind up meeting in that first round, kind of have some momentum going into those. Uh, going back to the series we just had, though, up in Chicago, Armando, a uh, little bit of a different result than what we had last week down in Sunrise. The Panthers came out with a pair of wins at home at the BB&T Center, which a couple of my buddies have actually been to before. I wish I could say I have, but they had a good time. I think it was uh, $2 beer night, I think, at BB&T. So the boys <laughs> what year was home. that? Was it during the early 2010s when they were this like was, this awful? Was right, this was, no, this was right. This was actually right before the pandemic hit last year. Okay. My buddies were at BB&T. They were at, uh, around the area for spring break. Um, but so the Panthers, they won two in Florida. The Blackhawks, they come back and they win two at home. Um, but what I talked about a little bit earlier, the Panthers, they probably deserve better than they got in the series. I know Tuesday, the Blackhawks, they actually put together one of their better efforts in 2021, grabbed, uh, jumped out to a 3-0 lead. And even though the Panthers are really good from behind this year, 3-0 is a little tough to come back from. And the Hawks, I thought, did a good job late in that game to close Florida out. But tonight, I mean, what 73 shots, shot attempts for the Florida tonight, and none of them find the back of the net? Yeah. It's frustrating when you have and and let's let's circle back to game one in this series. Less than thirty minutes before puck drop, the Cats lose Alexander Barkov to a lower body injury, and they actually showed the replay on the broadcast of just them taking warmups. Barkov is circling around, and then he starts heading towards the benches, and he's day to day. And now they, I talked about it on my post game episode of Locked On Panthers where this team was shell shocked. This team was this team was off to a better to a bad start and then they turned it on in the later in the game where where Nolachari was just fantastic in game one, winning 17 of 22 faceoffs. And that, that was by just the way, sorry incredible. to interrupt that feed he made to Anton Strauman backdoor was nasty too. 
Yes, and he got two points too in the in game one of of the first game, and it was a little bit of a too little too late for the Cats after being so shell shocked. And you can't blame the team. Like we, I I played organized sports, and anyone who's played organized sports, when you lose a a star and your captain, there's a little bit of a shock that goes through the team, and you just got to learn how to figure it out and. This is something I tweeted as well on the Locked On Panthers account. There's no such thing as next man up when when it comes to a player like of Alexander Barkov's level. The the players are already up and that it's just finding a way. And there was in in game two in this one, there were so many line changes with this one that just Q had to just throw something and just hope that it worked like sticking something to a wall trying to throw something at a wall and stick it that's the best way i could describe that but they were off to a better start in game two in this one but just just couldn't find the back of the net in this one and i i'm sure you remember there was a three on O at one point i believe it was in the second period in the second period it was jonathan huberdo mason marchment and patrick hornquist nothing Anthony Duclair had a an odd man rush, nothing. And man, it's it's just every single time Kevin Lankinen was just able to stop it. And the Chicago Blackhawks in this one, they got how many block shots? I'm... I know Connor Murphy himself had eight, which mm-hmm. is just absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just seemed like it was one of those games where Lankinen was really confident and everything. He saw he was going to stop. He got bailed out by a couple goalposts. I know Duclair uh, beat him on one when he had a breakaway. Um, but, yeah, I think the Blackhawks, the second period was really bad, but the third period, for the most part, I thought they did a good job of kind of holding down the fort. And to, to lap back to the Barkov stuff, you could, you could just feel the impact that he has on the game when he wasn't out there immediately. I, I said on our last crossover that, I mean, he just dominated the Blackhawks in that last series down in Florida, and that that usually happens when these two teams play. Um, and tonight, I thought it was a huge difference, just the, the power play especially. Mm-hmm. The, the Panthers kind of had some struggles. They had six power play opportunities in this one, kind of a weird officiated game. But it just looked like they were missing Alexander Barkov out there, especially on the entries. They weren't able to get in the zone and get all that comfortable all that much. Um, and the Blackhawks, they really needed to clean up their penalty kill. It's been horrible of lately, horrible as of late. Um, it was one of the better PKs in the league for the first month, month and a half, and now we've dropped to 28th in the NHL. So uh, credit to the Blackhawks tonight, being able to get the job done when Florida wasn't. Uh, also, not, not only just was Barkov not out there, uh, Patrick Hornquist wasn't out there down the stretch late in that game after he took a, a big hit from Nikita Zadorov. Um, Mackenzie Weger had that fight and he got the game misconduct. So there was just a lot of things going on in this game. I feel like for the Panthers, it's just kind of one of those where you throw it in the trash can and kind of forget about it. I mean, you put 40, 41 shots on goal. Most nights you're going to come away with at least one or two. So it just happened to be that odd one where they didn't. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, the post-game podcast with Armando Velez from Lockdown Panthers will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football season might be behind us, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing, and for college basketball, it's the best time of the year. March Madness is upon us. And for those interested in other things aside from sports, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today. And don't forget to use our exclusive promo code, LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I also need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar on the market that we have been telling you about for some time now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, and high fiber protein bar that is made out of 100% chocolate. And right now is the time to find out which Built Bar flavor is the best because it's Built Bar Madness. We have a full on bracket with each and every Built Bar flavor to find out which one is the best. So be sure to check it out by going to BuiltBar.com or you can check out Built Bar on Twitter at Built underscore Bar. And don't forget about our exclusive promo code, which is LOCKED15, one word, LOCKED with a capital L and then the number 15 to get 15% off your next order. One more time, that's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and be sure to check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Yeah, and I think about the other end as well for Chicago, where just a few weeks ago they had their 16 shot on goal against Dallas, and then they have their 21 against Florida, and they go in and it's just like wow, it's like it's like wow, just the puck just doesn't roll your way sometimes, and that's just hockey. Yeah, that's that's just that's just sometimes how how it goes, and I'm I'm not a huge analytics guy, but. I, I could only, we were talking before the recording, but now we could, now I'm going to say this on the recording. I can, I could only imagine what the expected goals looks like for the cats and what it's the, the differential just in that alone. And man, just missed opportunity after missed opportunity. And you know what? Coach Q is not going to panic. He, he is, he is very, he is the guy that I like to call stoic very very stoic and he just will keep the team together he will you know talk to them in between games in between practices and he he will find a way to get get a little bit of a grip even when things are going wrong and i'm sure you have seen that so many times even throughout the the cup years in chicago do, do you do you remember a specific example where the hawks were going down a bad stretch with Q there and they all of a sudden like turned it on. Is there something that comes to mind? Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind, 
I mean, not like a huge long stretch, but the most impressive thing to me about the Blackhawks throughout that dynasty era, 2010 to 2015 game, if you go back and look at their series, they weren't all that good in games one, two, and three. Like there were a lot of times where they were down two to one after those first three games, but go and look at their records in games four, five, and six. And they were absolutely money in games four, five, and six, probably like an 80 to 85 like winning, winning percentage that, that high in the eighties. Like it was insane what they were able to do in games four, five, and six. So backs against the wall, you don't want anyone else coaching your, your boys besides coach Q. I mean, there so many series come to mind. I remember being down. Uh, I mean, we were down two to one in the cup to Tampa Bay. We won the last three of that series. We were down two to one to Anaheim. We were down three to two to Anaheim came back and won that series in the conference final to get to the Stanley cup down three to one to the red wings come back and win that one in game seven. I mean, there's no panic in a Joel Quenville led bunch. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So speaking of four, five, and six, you win in Philly in six, you win in Tampa Bay in six and Boston was six as well. Right. We won at home against Tampa Bay in six. And then we won at Boston in six. We stole, okay, so we all, stole all, six in Boston. All three of them happen to be six so they they know when to shut it down when they need to and not get to that game seven too so and that and i i remember you sharing a highlight of brent seabrook with a game-winning goal against detroit from the 2010 conference final 2010 was was 2013 that one was 2013 that was the lockout shortened year okay so yeah so that that's another thing of knowing when to catch up when you're down and knowing when to The mindset is never going to be a question with Joel Quenville in that locker room like he knows what to do at the right time to get the boys fired up when they have to turn it on at the right times and I'm sure you know I don't know how many years exactly he's coaching this league but I'm sure he's had a million of these stretches where it's not getting bounces I mean as I said earlier, the Panthers probably deserve better than no points in the series against the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. So it's not time to panic and lose your mind and feel like the whole, everything you just worked for in the first 32 games or so is worthless. No, the Panthers are still 29 and four. There's still a lot of positive takeaways. They're just, these stretches come and go, man. It's a long season. Yeah, absolutely. And when I, when I think the season as a whole, I think of like the complete 180 that this was from the previous season, just playing that game of catch up. And I'm really, and I'm really glad, and I'm sure a lot of Panther fans are in the same boat that they are glad that they're not playing this whole game of catch up. That that's the best part about all of this. And man, even, even dropping games to Chicago, there's still seven points ahead of them with, two more games left and which is i believe in late april the yeah, last week i believe you're right it's not yeah. for a minute yeah so and and funny enough one thing i'm very excited about too speaking of that t- game on the 29th i believe the thursday game i'll take a is, gander is a a nationally televised game and the cats don't have many of those and the fact that they're having this magical season they they just got two nationally televised games coming up. It's like okay, this is what happens when you win. And I talked about how the, when because the Tampa Bay Lightning have won so much since two two cups in sixteen years, two thousand four and twenty twenty, and consistent runs to the playoffs. 
that you're going to get those games. Your people are are going to notice you. Yes, that game is on Thursday, April 29th. So excited to see that one nationally televised. I know some guys like uh, Jonathan Huberto and Alexander Barkov don't quite get the exposure that they should. Those guys so talented. Um, hopefully Alexander Barkov. I mean, what's uh, what's been the latest talks on Barky with his injury? All right, ladies and gentlemen, my conversation with Armando Velez will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even up to 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership. Chain stores and car dealerships, they have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and you can even choose the brands, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com, as I said, they're always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you will ever need for your car or truck for the best possible prices. Funny enough, that's uh, something I wanted to get to day-to-day, the typical day-to-day, and now Patrick Hornquist, day-to-day. They said, Coach Q said, Coach Q actually said it yesterday. He's not, he's not playing against Chicago on Thursday's game. So we knew for a whole day it wasn't kept – nobody was keeping our hopes up saying right. that he was going to play. Thankfully, th- thankfully, it's not like we're not just waiting around the Twitterverse for an update. So we, we knew this coming in. And now with the Hornquist injury after the Zadorov hit, we saw day to day. But uh, one thing that the former host of the Lock on Panthers podcast spoke about in our in our Panther Parkway group chat, he talks about how Coach Q, when he was in Chicago, how he treats injuries, he keeps it very in-house, very close to the vest. And that is something that he's not – it could be – it could be weeks before we even know something if, if we know if in fact he's going to play. Yeah. I mean, Joel Quenville, he's <laughs> not the biggest media guy. Uh, I think it was Marcus Nudavara tonight. I saw someone had a classic Q tweet. They asked if uh, Mar- one of the beat writers or someone asked Q before the game, if Marcus Nudavara was going to be in the game, he's like, he could be <laughs> just a classic uh, Q answer. One of the favorites, when he was in Chicago, they'd always ask him questions. Hometown kid. He'll Hometown say, well, kid, too. We'll see. Like, all the time, Q would just drop, we'll see. Never, like, never gave any definitive answers. And it's the NHL. You don't have to, you know? And that's one of the nice things about the league, I kind of feel like, is it's not everyone's looking for drama everywhere. Like, you can keep things hush-hush and just to your team and to your group. Like, and, and this kind of relates to the Jonathan Tate situation right now as well. Like all these people out here are like demanding to know, like, like they have the right to Jonathan Taze's privacy and everything. And the Blackhawks, like they've just played it even keel for four months now and no one still knows what's going on. And I'm sure that's 
to the respect that Jonathan wanted and stuff. So while it also is like, can be frustrating as a fan, you have to think that not only for the team is, is it, you know, kind of nice to be able to keep things under wraps, but also for a player themselves, because when Alexander Barkov comes back for this injury, you know, you don't want other guys taking liberties at them and knowing exactly how bad it was or what it exactly is. And you don't want guys getting into that mindset and stuff as well. So, um, it also gives the other team a, a sort of advantage knowing whether how injured you are. Exactly. Especially in the playoffs, like day to day, you don't know. I mean, this guy could not be playing for two series. You just don't want to let the other team know that kind of stuff happens. And I think that's a cool part of the league. Um, but it, it's just kind of uh, cool to see that Q still has the same mannerisms down in Florida. The guy will never change. Absolutely. And think about this. We're in the middle of a pandemic right now. Media can't get even near these players. so. Any information that they could possibly get out of these coaches, out of these players from entering the locker room, there's a huge difference between talking to them, going face right into their face and putting a mic right at their mouth and saying, hey, and seeing their body language too. There's only so much body language you could see through a screen and it's, it's just not the same. So thankfully, we're almost out of this pandemic and we're one step closer to full stands and, and media being available to the locker rooms. But I'm sure, I'm sure if you were to ask a player how nice it is, and if they were to be truthful, whether they like that the reporters are in, a lot of them would be, would tell you the cold, hard truth that they are happy that they're not entering the locker room after every single game. Cause you know, especially after you play, a, after you play, after you play a bad game and, and someone asks a dumb question, then, then yeah, like it, it's, it's better. It's better right now for them over a computer screen than be them being like just 10 or 15 feet away in a chair, just raising their hand. I honestly am like amazed at, I mean, there are times where players blow up at reporters and stuff but I'm like kind of surprised it doesn't happen more often like especially after bad games like those guys are so professional and cool at keeping a a light head and everything because a lot of times like you just hear like I don't know how it is for Panthers post games but for Blackhawks post games when media was allowed to go in the locker room and stuff there just be so many reporters there and you hear the same like three or four questions just like Jiminy Christmas like this is so brutal. Like, I can't believe, I don't know. It must be tough. But, yeah, definitely got to be a, a little bit of a weird situation for uh, the players that they probably don't mind all that much. Absolutely. And, and it, it, hits a li- it hits definitely a little different for, for the coaches. But, hey, this is, I tell people, this is, this is our reality in this type of season. And it, it, it cre- but there's there's also some positives to take out of this season as well, like with the with the rivalries now with this kind of division, like like we like we talked about in our first few crossovers. The the Blackhawks have five new Eastern Division rivals, while the Cats have three new Eastern Division rivals in Nashville, Chicago, and Dallas. While you you guys have f- your five, so yeah. it cre- it creates a little bit more of a you know, a little bit of a, a banter, you know, back and forth. But like for for those listeners who aren't on Twitter, I tweeted before we came on this Zoom call saying if the Chicago Blackhawks end up winning the season series in points against the Cats, that I will sell Jack 
what a, his order from Giordano's, but <laughs> an, an, an OT law, an OTL from the cats officially eliminates that possibility. Hey, all I got to say is the home teams won every game of the series so far. Those last two come at the UC where cats just came up empty on points. So I may be down, but I don't think I'm out in that one yet. I could smell the Giordano's cooking. Yeah. You know, for 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 those listening in Chicago, they actually expanded all the way down here in Orlando in the touristy area. I heard, and actually, uh, I was in, uh, I was in Fort Myers last March at one of my buddies' uh, places down there, and we got Portillos down in in that area, which is, I was like, there's no way, like one of my friends happened to remember them. They just opened a couple <laughs> down there, and I was like. Oh my God, this is so touristy, but I actually went and got it and it tasted the exact same. So, I mean, I don't know about Giordano's, but it was Portillo's was just as good as it was up here in Chicago area. And it's funny because uh, when I have next time I talk to Kenneth Nash of uh, Locked on Stars, I got to talk to him all about how Bucky's expanded to Daytona Beach, Florida. A little bit of Texas being brought to Florida, Chicago oh, really? is being brought down to Florida. We have a Permonte Bros, which is a Pittsburgh sandwich shop that expanded to fort lauderdale so a lot of things are moving down here <laughs> hey you're getting a little bit of taste of everything can't complain maybe a little uh taste of great hockey too you know uh in, in a state that doesn't snow you got one stanley cup champion on the gulf coast so hopefully some playoff success getting back to the hockey conversation on the atlantic coast so hopefully hopefully there's that but hey so to after only getting two playoff appearances in the new millennium, <laughs> maybe maybe this is a time for something different. So my last question I have, Armando, uh, is with the Panthers going on this little schneid, it's only three games, so I can't really call it a, that big of a losing streak or anything. As we said, nothing to panic about. Um, but Clock's ticking now on the, on the regular season here in 2021. We're just over 20 games remaining. What would you like to see the Panthers clean up, and what do you think has to happen to have that kind of ideal end to the season here? Because you mentioned you have some big games coming up against the Tampa Bay Lightning and Carolina Hurricanes. So what do you think you need to clean up in order to be playing, uh, the, for the Panthers to be playing their best hockey at the right time of the year? There definitely needs to be some trades for defensive forwards. Um, there was there was a rumor the other day about Marcus Nutavara uh, and talks with Vancouver for Jake Vertanen, a former sixth overall pick. And the the issue with the Cats isn't scoring. It's it, excuse me the 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 issue for the Cats isn't scoring. It's just the other end. And the and like I said, like I've said many times on this show, the defense isn't going to be a complete one, um, one eighty all in one off season. So it's going to take a little bit. And also, the power play at this point is starting to get a little predictable. And last year's power play predictability was Mike Hoffman one timer at the right faceoff circle. Now it's starting to be Ekblad one timer from the left faceoff circle. Now it's starting to get every time I see a, a Florida power play, it's starting to. Okay, here's gonna he there's gonna be a pass to Ekblad at some point, and and then he's he's open one timer and doesn't get it through, and just about finishing too. And there, every time I see now, every time I see Anthony Duclair on a rush, and I'm and I see him on a 
he just doesn't finish too. And I and I and I believe in Anthony Duclair. I think he I think he has a lot of speed, but just finishing plays is really been that. And if Barkov's injury is long term, then definitely they gotta figure out what how how to just win without him. And if if he's not I'm not saying he's going to miss the rest of the regular season. I'm not saying that at all. But if it is, if it if he doesn't come back within the next like two or three weeks, then it's gonna it's gonna be a little concerning. I mean, as you said earlier, it's t- it's tough to replace a guy like that. But at the same time, I think for Florida, it won't be the worst thing if they have to learn how to play without him because I once agree. you get some once some once you get some confidence playing without him and you get a guy of that caliber back in the lineup and just get clicking on all cylinders, you know, that may not be the worst thing in the world. And you, there's no need to rush. Panthers are in a comfortable spot. Yes. Still seven points ahead of the Hawks. No need to rush them back. And five weeks before the, the playoffs start, five, six weeks. So definitely some time to get healthy as well. His, right. his health is number one. Absolutely. Absolutely. These are regular season games. The Panthers feel like they're in a good spot. So I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, especially in the next couple of weeks with trade deadline season approaching. Expect the Panthers, like you said, probably to be uh, um, buyers. Blackhawks are kind of in an interesting spot. It's all going to be a lot of fun, man. We're getting to that grind of the season, and I'm just – I seriously can't believe the Blackhawks are in the spot they are. I did not expect this team to be in a playoff race with with 20 games left and the possibility of Kirby Doc possibly returning soon. I I couldn't be more excited about this team right now, as I'm sure – I mean, a little bit of, of a losing skid here, but still have to be thrilled with the Panthers start through uh first 33 games. So um, it's going to shape up for a lot of fun, buddy. And uh, got to get another crossover in once we get those prime time, uh, get that prime time game for the Blackhawks and Panthers towards the end of April. Absolutely. And, and definitely that's going to be a strange time because you got the, you got that prime time slot towards the end and that's the same weekend as the NFL draft. So Exciting oh, time, exciting times of sports ahead. I love to hear it. Armando, thank you for taking the time to join me today, my man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jack. Appreciate it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Thursday, March 25th's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show and be sure to subscribe and to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app. And you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, go ask your smart device to play the Locked On NHL podcast. The NHL regular season is underway. We're past the midway point now. And the best way to keep track of all the news going on is by subscribing to Locked On NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. So be sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team 
every day.